Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the show radio. This is episode 638 of the show. I'm your host, Andrew. Hey, guys, and I'm Danny. And this is your source for tech, gaming, and entertainment news. Make sure you check us out on all podcast platforms, the show radio, TSR, gaming, and entertainment. Uh, so uh, excited to uh, catch up, Daniela. You know, we have a lot to cover today, and it didn't seem like a lot when we were preparing it. But how are you? Oh, pretty good. This weather, my goodness. Like, I love rainy weather. What? We're like two, two and a half months of this nonstop. I'm, I can't anymore. <laughs> I just can't. When, when is it going to stop, like, typically? I don't know. Whenever Mother Nature wants it to stop, I have no idea. But it's, it's starting to get frustrating. Like, I pulled into my driveway. I currently have a parts car in my parking spot. So I'm kind of having to park on my grass. And it's like a little bit of a slope. I went to go, like, pull in and my car just started to slide. I'm like, please don't hit the fence. Oh, man. It is so bad and so irritating. So so typically for, for us over here, April is like when we get a lot of rain, right? Preparing for... You know, spring into summer kind of vibe, but you know, we'll see. You know, right now we got some snow right now, and um, full full confession, I like I want some snacks tonight, so I may make the run even if it's snowing outside. So <laughs> that's how bad I want snacks today. <laughs> so I might just make that trip. But at any rate, uh, welcome to this episode six thirty eight. Uh, so Daniela, we have a lot of black things at the top of the show. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we never know how this is gonna go until we hit record. So uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, and April O'Neil being black again. Daniela, you first. How do you feel about this? Personally, I I don't really care what race she is. It's April O'Neil. I mean, it, it's important, but it's also not important in the sense that they can make April O'Neil whatever race and color they want to. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy this iteration of this character that continues to grow, continues to change. And I don't have a problem with that. Apparently a lot of people do. And I just learned before we started recording this that April O'Neil used to be black originally. I didn't know that. I think that's cool. So to have it going back to that, that's pretty cool. Um, But it doesn't change my opinion about the character. It doesn't change that, you know, I want to watch it. And I think it has a fantastic cast. So. People just uh, choosing to be so mad. Like, just say you're racist. That's it. If you don't like whatever race a character is because they happen to be white when you're growing up and fell in love with the cartoon and now they're not. Just just say you're racist. That's it. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, it, it's very interesting. Right. So so I I didn't know that uh, the demographic of April was black originally you know, until I started seeing the outrage online. So one thing I saw that was really interesting, uh, this person said, I don't understand why it's such a problem with some people. It's just another version of a character. That's the joy of having multiple continuities. There can be different versions of the same character, right? Which, which really leads into to our next thing. But before we go into that, you know, I, I really don't care, right? I love the Turtles. Any Turtles that's coming out, I'm going to watch it. Any game that's going to happen with the Turtles, I'm going to play it. It's always been like that. And, and I've learned so much from, you know, as, as far as teamwork, team building and all those different things. I've learned so much just by watching, you know, the turtles and 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 how the, the stories have progressed, you know, ever since I started watching it back in the 90s. Right. So, so I'm not really concerned about that. You know, I'm excited that we're getting another movie. Right. And that is August, I believe. Right. And pretty pumped about that. So the next one. Uh, was interesting as well when it comes to um, I, I have here the Black Little Mermaid, right? Official trailer. Uh, that's what I named it uh, for this particular uh, bullet point. And so same thing applies here, right? Um, you first, Aniola. Again, it doesn't matter what race Ariel is, but I, I remember when, you know, the live action of The Little Mermaid was announced and that um, the actress that was going to be playing Ariel was going to be black and people were like outraged about it it's it's ridiculous it is it's a disney character and this has nothing to about like i i personally feel 
it doesn't have anything to do with being whatever people want to complain about woke culture or anything like that or being politically correct. It's a story that Disney is telling. And again, just like April O'Neil, it's just another version. Kids yeah. are going to like it anyways. <laughs> You're going to like it. It doesn't change what this character is or what they do or the story of it at all. It doesn't affect it at all. So I love the trailer. Um, the trailer came out about two days ago as of this recording. And I thought it looked fantastic. I thought it looked really good, especially for a Disney live action. It looked really dark and moody, but you also bright and colorful. I I really enjoyed it. I'm not I'm not too sure about the little talking fishes, but you know what? That's that's neither here or there. <laughs> um I I thought I, I like I like the cast and who they have and you know what? When people want to be mad about it, they're going to be mad about it. We just, just be racist. Yeah. And stop you there. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get into arguments with people about it. Either you love it or you don't. Um, But it looks really promising and I want to watch it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, trailers, I don't know if it's all Disney trailers, but most of them just give me chills when I watch them. Right. You know, iconic, you know, music, uh, beautiful, you know, uh, visuals uh, for Disney always an amazing thing to watch right so uh, the turtles trailer was fire the black little mermaid trailer was fire as well right so um and i'm just excited i'm excited that we're getting these experiences and the other thing that i was thinking about and we actually do most of the thinking like when we hit record which is dope i think that keeps it really like um uh, somewhat spontaneous is that um i don't know and i and maybe it's a little bit of research that needs to be done when certain individuals or demographics hit a cover of a movie poster, how well it sells internationally, right? So I'm curious, like, you know, historically, if individuals who are black and brown, uh, the numbers between those posters selling internationally versus those who are not, right? Uh, so just some thoughts there. Uh, I'm sure there's been some research <laughs> done for that particular thing. Uh, but I'm curious, you know, if that's going to affect what the point there is. I'm curious if that's going to affect the sales of the Little Mermaid movie because the main character is a black character. So I'm curious. I'm curious. We'll see. Right. We'll see the numbers I once. Did guess if I had to, I would say yes, it does. Okay. Because, you know, as as children, I mean, it's always great to see a character that looks like you i mean growing up i loved watching the animated like little mermaid i love watching snow white but i will definitely say as a kid it definitely hit differently and was more impactful when i watched pocahontas and when i watched mulan because you have a a brown character <laughs> which i am brown and i'm like that is awesome i'm not native american but it's it's still cool to see this character of color. And then you have Mulan, who's Asian, and they're like, oh, my goodness. It's the same thing, kind of like I very much gravitated. Like, I had Barbies, but I liked my Asian Barbie, Kira. Pretty sure her name was Kira. A whole lot more than Barbie. Hmm. So I, I definitely feel like there is de there's going to be, you know, bigger sales, bigger attraction with... um with kids especially to see some type of representation and i know people have a problem with that Ugh, the racist people i'm just going to keep using that word there um but i don't see that as a problem because we have all these different versions that we can all enjoy and that's, that's the point of it is just entertainment and enjoying what the story is i Stop being mad about ridiculous things. <laughs> right. So one one thing I want to mention before we move on is uh, the other thing that we can talk about as well is why not create a story from the ground up, right? Not something that's already there and then just add a black character. Why not just do it from the ground up? What are your thoughts on that? Because you're going to have people being mad. That's a different story. Really? It's okay. Thing, it's another. I think so. It's just like, oh, what's wrong with the original story that we had that we all grew up with? Like, it, you can't make everybody happy. This is true. 
This is true. Okay. So why not stick with a formula that's worked? If it's the same story, it's the same story, just a different universe of, of characters. Yeah, I, I, I see that. It's, uh, we're getting Street Fighter 6. We got, what, Mortal Kombat 11, right? We go down the list, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> if it works, it works, right? Streets yeah. of Rage 4, right? So if you haven't played Streets of Rage 4 in a long time, so they have a big free update which adds uh, new co-op moves, you know, custom survival stuff and more. So Streets of Rage 4, it's still a, still a dope experience to me, right? And I think that .emu uh, has done a fantastic job bringing these games um, back to life, you know, for the next generation, you know, for many, many years to come, in my opinion. So Streets of Rage 4, and even if you add like the Turtles game, uh, Shredder's Revenge, uh, those games have done extremely well. Any thoughts on this? Um, I haven't revisited it, but with this nice free update, definitely going to go and check it out again. For sure. Yeah, Streets of Rage 4, definitely check that out in case you missed it. It's a free update waiting. Uh, next thing we have, uh, Starfield delayed to September, and there's going to be a direct showcase uh, scheduled for June. Thoughts on that? Nobody's going to be happy with delays, but I am still, no matter what game, no matter what studio it is, if you need a delay take it yeah i definitely agree with that you know make sure you squash whatever bugs needs to be squashed and all those things uh so not too much time spent there battlefield 2042 a free trial available now on steam and i can also throw in the discord uh situation uh discord voice chat now available on playstation 5 any thoughts on those things i haven't tried it out yet but i did link it so that's nice that that happened i don't know when i'm going to be able to check it out because i've been so busy (laughs) But it's nice. It's nice. Now, if I could just get it on all consoles, that'd be even better. But this definitely makes it a whole lot easier because if uh, you were trying to play with friends and you didn't like the party chat on PlayStation, then you always use Discord. But that's always a hassle, too. So now that's all integrated. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I did link it as well. And I don't have a PlayStation 5, but I thought it was good that we're getting uh, the things that we're getting. So 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 that's that. Google says it is still committed to the games as an industry. So, Daniela, I know we've seen a lot of things with, with Google. We've seen, you know, uh, the streaming service that they had that that is now, uh, I guess we can say defunct, right? And it's yeah. it's been an interesting situation. You know, Stadia is no longer with us. You know, the controllers ended up getting an update, I think, a little bit afterwards so you can use it on other platforms. So. That's not a total loss. So what do you what do you think? What do you think with this? Um, I think it's kind of similar to what Amazon's doing. Like Amazon hasn't had great with their games. Like they currently have one uh, New Worlds um, with several failed before that. But they are looking to be publishers and this backbone for other games. And I feel that what Google is falling into, too, like all right, we tried the whole, <laughs> let's create this whole gaming cloud for us and whoever wants to join us. And it didn't do so well for that. So rather than just getting rid of the technology that they already had, they're just like, here, we want to be that cloud service for you. We can do this. We have these resources. Let us help you. Kind of similar to what Amazon's doing. And that's probably where their strong points are for both of them. So I, I, they see where it is going into the future. A lot of these cloud services, I mean, you have the logic that came out with um, their own handheld that's based off of being able to use cloud services. So that is, they see the future in that and where it's going. So why not just jump in on it and be that service that these studios use? That just mm. seems smart. Yeah. So having done all that research and still having that infrastructure, right? Uh, positioning itself, according to the article, as the go to tech partner for publishers of live service video games by offering its cloud gaming tech to other companies, which you just mentioned. And, and I think it's, it's a good move. Uh, one of the things that I've always appreciated with Google, um, and it's good or bad, depending on how you look at that, right? They sunset things extremely fast, right? But they still take that data um, and incorporate it into other things in the future, most of the time, not every time. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they work that out. So one of the things I did see in the article, uh, according to current clients, uh, that includes Ubisoft, Unity, and Niantic. All right. So just a uh, quick thoughts uh, there. Any additional thoughts? 
Yeah, I think they're positioning themselves pretty good in this. So is Amazon. So it would definitely be interesting um, about cloud services and where it's going to be going in the future here. For sure. For sure. Uh, next thing we have for Spoken, sales, lackluster, Square Enix says. Any thoughts there, Daniela? What's going on with Forspoken? That's a little bit sad. I don't know exactly what they were hoping for. I mean, it's it's a little bit weird. It's, I'm glad that they can like they can admit like, OK, it's not really meeting our expectations. But then at the same time, I saw a lot of people who were enjoying the game. Granted, I don't follow every single gamer in the world, but I would say like it seemed like it had a pretty good, you know, it was received pretty well. So it's a little bit sad to hear. But at the same time. I don't know. Maybe it just didn't live up to all of the hype that it built up and people had higher expectations than they thought. Right. And there, there was some controversy surrounding it. Right. So uh, I guess a little bit in the beginning, according to this article, reviews uh, of Forspoken has been challenging. Square Enix stated in a new financial results presentation. However, the game, as you mentioned, uh, has also received positive feedback on its action features including parkour and combat capabilities, right? So um, I don't know, like uh, it's, it disappeared really, really fast for me, like on the timelines, by just paying attention to how people were talking about certain games. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is true. Yeah. And, and I just don't have any explanation for that. It just, you know, disappeared pretty, pretty quickly. So, so I, I don't know, I guess we'll see maybe uh, if something else comes out in terms of some kind of collaboration maybe outfit changes because i know sometimes when those things happen and i'm thinking about like uh resident evil when they did a collaboration with division you know and that world seemed to fit so any cross collaborations like that can bring a surge back uh to to the games right so i don't know uh we'll see what happens any other thoughts on this no, maybe, you know, later on, maybe when price drop ends up on other services, maybe it'll do a little bit better and bring life back to it. It's really, it's really sad to hear, though. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, we'll pay attention and see what else is going on with that, um, if anything, in the near future. Uh, a couple of things we have for Microsoft. Microsoft promises consistency with Halo Infinite seasonal updates. I haven't touched Halo ever since it released. Um I don't know what that says about, but I mean, I'm just one person out of a whole bunch of other individuals, right? Uh, but it is a great game. And I know that we recently talked about the Forge milestone that they had, right? We, we talked about that. Uh, what's your take on, on seasonal content? And I don't know if you've seen that with different games. Um, what, what's your take on that with uh, Halo? It's got to do something because I feel like the hype and support for it is just not where it should be considering it's a Halo game. Um, I mean, it's normal for them to have the like, I think it's a pretty normal thing now with different games to have, you know, seasonal updates, provide new things, whatever it may be. Um, it's interesting to promise consistency. Like, yeah, we're not going to like fall off yet. You're still going to get stuff. But I feel like they just they got to do something. I really don't hear anybody talking about playing Halo. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I mentioned last time is people only talk about Halo when there's like a Halo tournament that's being streamed. Outside of that, I really don't hear anything. And then the other thing too, like as I'm reading the title, because, you know, we're just chatting here. The consistency means that, in my opinion, you know, just thinking out loud, maybe have a team in place for that now that's dedicated to make sure that any, any seasons that you decide to launch uh, is going to be uh, pretty spot on in terms of what you're offering. Right. Maybe. Right. Yeah. So, so those are some thoughts there in regards to consistency for, for Halo. Now I'm not going to bash the game. Halo is a great experience if you have not played it and Microsoft is still making sure that whether it's through partnerships and other things that it's staying in the, on uh, you know top of mind right so i'll say that any thoughts on any other thoughts on the halo no season two i'll give you season two yeah <laughs> so we'll see we'll see what happens with that so um just mentioning partnerships so there uh microsoft announce announces a 10-year partnership to bring xbox games to cloud service 
Boosteroid. I've never heard of them until this. Well, thank goodness, because you linked this, and I'm like, what is this Boosteroid? Never heard of them. I had to go and look it up. I've never heard of it ever. You know what I mean? First time for everything, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. According to Microsoft, the deal will see Xbox PC games coming to Boosteroid, though it hasn't been confirmed when this will happen. Crucially, Microsoft also states that should its acquisition of Activision Blizzard go ahead, the partnership would also see Activision Blizzard titles, including Call of Duty, being added to Boosteroid 2 or Boosteroid also, depending on what you prefer there. So uh, thoughts on this? So I think it's interesting is like it's Boosteroid is pretty much I had to do a quick look up about what it was is a cloud service that you can play games on, you know, other services you already have with the Steam, Epic, um, and play them remotely without having to download it or update game files. You just load it up and play in this on this service. Um, I guess that's cool. I just never I just never heard of it. And it's interesting that like Microsoft is kind of partnering with them because the way that I take this um, and the way that this article is written, it just kind of seems like a play to temporarily like, you know, soothe the whole thing about their whole acquisition of yeah. Activision Blizzard. Like, hey, we're not we're we're going to make sure our game's available to every everybody. Right. <laughs> this temporary 10 year partnership with this service that. Yes, it says like there's 4 million plus user of this, which that's not a small number, but I have never heard of anybody talk about this service. So I feel like this is a weird ploy. It's a chess For move. them to just like kind of jankily convince like, yes, please let us acquire this. We won't, you know, gatekeep these games. <laughs> let us let us acquire Activision Blizzard. It, it's It's a very weird thing for me um to to be reading that because it's their way of trying to you know appease to the higher ups of the federal trade commissions and all of them i don't know i don't know it just seems like a very shady business deal there i don't know it's great for boosteroid <laughs> right exactly it is because people are going to be knowing more about the service but i feel like this is like i don't know what the legal lawyer term is for this but it just doesn't seem as legit as I think I, I feel like it should be. Hmm. Like, let's let's okay. try to appease to them for a little bit just to prove a point so we can buy this company and have all these games. Yeah. So they want this acquisition to be over, right? Like yeah. a long time ago. So I think it's a it's a chess move. It's a business move. And and the more it seems like you're not necessarily trying to be like a super dominant force, but yet still provide a lot of value to the world. I, I don't know. I think it's a chess move. And if you're really trying to get this acquisition, which is a really big one, right? It's a, it's, it's a big acquisition, right? Especially with the call of duty being, you know, one of the titles in there. Yeah. So, so they're, they're going to do whatever they can to make sure that it's to their favor. Right. So even you know, looking at this company, Boosteroid, which we've never heard of until today, right? Or or this week or whatever. So yeah, I, I think it's a chess move. You know, I don't think it's necessarily, necessarily a bad thing. I think that as you shared, individuals will benefit because they'll be able to play the games through the service. And I think that's a good thing. But for Microsoft, they're playing chess because they want this acquisition to be, you know, that ink to dry, as they say. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, so thoughts on that anymore? No. All right. I'd so still deny them. <laughs> All right. So we're good. Um, next thing we have uh, Microsoft uh, stuff still. Uh, Xbox is skipping the E3 2023 show floor, Daniela. What is E3 going to be? Because Nothing. Sony's not going to be there. Xbox has officially said they're not going to be there. And Nintendo, well, Nintendo hasn't, never really hasn't been there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they they well, they they had a place on the floor. Nintendo's had a place on the floor, but they're not going to be there either. So you yeah. have three of your biggest platforms there, not at E3, which I find interesting. That Xbox is still going to have like some digital stuff for the E3 digital presentation. Mm. Um, they're going to have there. They have their own little showcase that they're going to have in June. Um, that they haven't really fully announced yet. Okay. But what is E3 going to be without? 
the three big names there. I mean, you're going to have all the other studios. Yes. But I find it interesting because Xbox has stuff that they got on markets. Xbox has big games coming up that they they have to announce for, which I'm assuming they're just going to have their own private thing. Right. But here's the thing. I'm what I'm wondering is, you know, before the pandemic, it was just a staple. We're all going to like, oh, we're going to save all our bigger announcements. It's going to be at E3 or going to be with Jeff Keighley. And then you have the pandemic who is like, okay, we need to get our games out. We need to do something. And you have all of them having their own little direct shows. They're having your own digital shows. And you're still getting that same traction. You're still getting that same audience. You're still getting the sales. Mm. And you save so much money over the last two, three years or whatever it may be of not having to have a physical spot somewhere, right. not having to fly out all these things, ship them, the people, the hotels, the flights, all of these things. So now you have these three companies. I was like, oh, okay, well, what's the point? We we still marketed, reached our target audience, expanded for a cheaper cost. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, what does that really mean going forward for physical events? They will be very, very interesting in terms of like, you know, who shows up, right? It's cheaper for companies to just do the stream. You know, Nintendo, Nintendo has been recording the streams for however long, you know, at this point uh, for, you know, E3. And it's very easy to produce. Like you could literally produce that on a phone if you really wanted to and just up- upload it. Right. A couple of Nintendo's edits. Nintendo's been doing their own thing for so many years now. Right. They're way ahead of the game. They're like, you guys finally caught up to this. Right. Yeah. Shout out to Nintendo. They've been, you know, oh, and the movie April 5th, right? Just want to mention that real quick. Let's talk about Nintendo real quick. But yeah, so um, I thought maybe I missed it that, that Xbox is doing something. I know that the Starfield, they're doing something, but did, is Xbox doing something? In Xbox June? has their own thing going on that will be in June. Okay. So um, right. And they'll have a digital part for E3. They just physically won't be there. Right. Right. And I'm, but we're not surprised. We're not surprised. It's like we're seeing the, this show, whatever you want to call it at this point, it has changed so much over the last, you know, well, let's just say since 2019, the show has changed. We can go even before that. When they they started doing like the tickets, um, the um, you know the pass for individuals to see the stuff if they're not media, right? So we we've seen we've seen such a change for the show, and you know saving money wherever you can save it, you're going to save it, and people are still going to cover the stuff at the same speed, especially if you release a 20 minute YouTube video and everybody has access to it, all the podcasters have access to it. All the YouTubers, you can go down the list of all the people who write, who who do the things, do audio, do video. They all have access to it at the same time, right? It's let's say it's on the Thursday at two, if it's a PlayStation thing, depending on the time that they usually do it. Everybody has a, you know, watch the 20 minutes and then immediately after or even during with uh, like Twitter and stuff like that, Twitter spaces, people are already talking about it. So getting that kind of immediate reaction versus you know, flying to a place, getting the interview, waiting for the interview to be, you know, produced or published by whatever your favorite outlet is, and then do the reactions afterward. The, the speed has changed, right? And Nintendo, they've seen that for, you know, however long they've been doing the stuff their way. And, you know, companies, you know, follow suit after that. It took the rest of the company, the other platforms, Xbox, PlayStation, a while to get to it, but they did. Yeah. And Nintendo's like, how cheap this is? You could take that money and reinvest it in one of your other branches. Stop laying people off. One of those things. Right. <laughs> I think Facebook just did 10K uh, job losses. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit much. It's just a lot. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very curious. I, I opted, I really heavily debated applying for the Xbox or the Xbox uh, E3 media thing. I am going to be there during that week to go to the Blake What Do concert. But I'm just like, <sighs> I don't know. I think I want to kind of save my money too. <laughs> yeah, I, me too. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even apply. Because we're on the mailing list. We're going to see it. Um, I will, I'll be on island to watch um, the first two days of, of E3 and all of the, the showcases that they got going on, um, which Xbox is doing theirs on June 11th, their, their showcase. 
And the the two things that I am excited or pretty pretty stoked to hear about, I can't find who tweeted it. I thought I bookmarked it, but um, is that uh, everybody knows that you go to the JW when the floor room closes, you make all those connections. They're kind of making or recreating a JW within within the media side of E3, which is kind of cool. So you don't have to walk all the way over there. You just like need a break. I'm here. They got that going on. That's being made. Um, yeah. And I think the other thing that I think was cool um, that I really wish that they did uh, when we were going, um, but I'm glad that they're incorporating it now, is that there really is two sides to, to E3. So you have the media side. Obviously, the first two days is strictly media. The last two days is um, the gamers pass and whoever, um, all fans can go and join it. But one side is strictly media. Like you can go in between both of them, but only the media can be on the media side. And again, the media can be on the gamer side if they want to, but the gamer side is specifically just for them. So you're not having to fight through everybody running across from one hall to the other. That was a disaster. That was a disaster. So to see that they incorporated something to alleviate that, that is fantastic. And chef's kiss right there. Um, So those are definitely two incredible positive things that I I saw coming out um, that will be happening this year at E3. And even though we, you and I, we didn't, you know, apply for it. I'm still. I, I still. I still are. want to though. Like, it's 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 always that thing. Like, I I didn't, but I still want to apply though. <laughs> it's just weird. It's a weird relationship with that with that show, man. But yeah, it is, and it was really hard for me to forego it. Um, but I have a lot of stuff going on in my personal life and personal ventures that. I really like by the time June comes, I think I, I, I definitely need a break. I need a break now. I'm not going to get it for the next three months, but I, I definitely need it. Uh, so I decided not to apply for it. I will be. I, I did consider buying the Gamer Pass. I don't know what those prices are, but I'm like, eh, part of me just wants to go to Universal Studios. <laughs> right. It's so all good. it's all good. Yeah. But if you've never gone, you have to do it at least one time. That's that's my opinion. I still hold firm to that. So um, any other yeah, thoughts on that? And, and that's what I'm saying is like, even though you and I haven't um, haven't applied and maybe you, you might end up changing that. Um, I'm still really stoked to see people who are sharing on, you know, on Twitter, on Instagram, um, TikTok, that they got their media approval. A lot of them like first time. So I'm really, really stoked for those people. I'm really excited for them. And I really hope that they enjoy and take in the entire experience because it definitely is. It is like the most amazing feeling to be able to go to the Mecca of gaming conventions there and to meet people and to network and just to have fun and just take it all in. So I'm really hoping they they get everything they want out of it and so much more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is a little bit off topic, but I really want the A30s, man. I've been looking at them and salivating, but, you know, maybe speak it into existence. I want I want these A thirties, but um anyway, <laughs> there's that. Um so so Nintendo says it won't necessarily adopt seventy dollar games uh for future titles after Zelda. After Zelda. Any thoughts on that? I kinda I kinda like their their take that they're just going on a title by title basis that they aren't just like from now on all our games are gonna be seventy dollars. Um but you know, I can appreciate it because games, games like um, like Zelda, Breath of the Wild, and um, I'm escaping the title of the sequel to that. Um, they have a lot of hours to put into it. It's quite an experience. It's a very full story. So the the seventy dollars, I understand, and I totally respect, and I I love that they're just going to go on a title by title basis for it. Mm. I have no complaints. I have none. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't have anything here because I don't have any Nintendo thing that's recent. So, and I think I, we're kind of spoiled. So just a little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I think that that's the thing too. So, but yeah, we'll we'll move on. We'll move on from that. I do actually. I, I'm actually going to make a, a quick uh, adjustment here, um, editor's adjustment, because I really want to hear about Last of Us. I really want to hear about Last of Us. My thoughts on Luther will be very short, but Last of Us, you got a chance to wrap that up. I'm still behind. I kind of fell off, you know, got sidetracked by a whole bunch of, you know, shiny things. But a Last of Us impressions overall, based on what you saw, Daniela. 
I think it's an absolutely fantastic adaptation. I know there's like every week I I kept up to date with it. Um, my boyfriend, the non-gamer, knows nothing about it. Really love the ser- series, the stories. Uh, you know, there are some episodes I felt a little bit slow, but I knew where it was coming from in the game and I didn't want to ruin that for, for my boyfriend. Like, <laughs> but... I, I loved it. And to have this season finale and the way it is, because you I, I don't want to spoil anything for you because I know you didn't really play through the whole game. Um, I, I, you're, I hope that you're going to catch up with it. Yeah, I need to. Um, I need to for sure. I'm glad that it ended the way it is because the same thing happened in, you know, part one originally came out. There's people who had a lot of questions about how that game ended and was really angry. And the fact is that you have people who are watching the show who's never played the game who have that same feeling, that same question of like, why? Why would you choose to do this? Well, okay. Is it cliffhanger? Is it like a... a, Then you wouldn't have a part two. Cliffhanger type of vibe for the last thing? Um, a little bit of a cliffhanger, but like, it's like, if you play the game, you know where it was kind of going and what was going to happen. So it's not necessarily a cliffhanger, but Mm -hmm. for those who are new to the story, they're wondering why, what, and angry like that? Um, come on. We know this wasn't like a short run series. There is going to be a season two. There better be a season two. Um, they better not cancel that part. Um, so it, it was bound to happen. I guess you can say it is kind of a cliffhanger how it ended. But a lot of it was, um, you know, play the game. You knew it was coming. You knew it was going to happen. Um, you don't know how much it's going to they're going to make little tweaks to it because that's what they've been doing throughout the entire season is. You still have that core story about um, from the game and what's happening. And you kind of know what's going to happen, but they made little tweaks that just made sense for a live action for a TV series that I'm really not mad about. You also got more story in depth about different characters. You had an explanation. And in this one, they explain why Ellie is immune, which you didn't really get that in the game. And yeah, you also got to see Ellie's mom. So that was that was really cool. And I, I love the little guest appearances that they had uh, and how it just tied in and it just fit. I, I am not mad about it at all. I loved it. I when season two is ready to, you know, come out whenever that may be, no announcements yet. I'm going to do exactly what I did for Game of Thrones before every new season is rewatch the previous seasons to get, you know, excited for it again. And that was going to be my question to you. Would you watch it again? Yes, definitely. Okay. I definitely will. Um, what I, I, what I loved about it. Um, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler. I think, um, in this last episode, Ashley Johnson, who uh, originally played Ellie for The Last of Us, plays Ellie's mom in this, which I think is a perfect circle about because Ashley Johnson created who Ellie is to a lot of gamers and mm. how we grew attached to her. She developed this character and to see her now playing, you know, Ellie's mom. I'm like, that's just perfect. When I saw it, I was like super excited and like. I, I don't want to ruin this for my boyfriend. He's really into it. I will be excited and gush about all of these little tidbits when the episode finishes. I love that. No, that's dope. That's dope. Um, it it was a little creepy for me, but, you know, I kind of got over some of those sections. I, I do think that with what I've watched thus far, it is a pretty, pretty incredible series. If even if you haven't played the game and I haven't. Right. So. um the bar is set pretty high for shows that are revolving around, you know, like games and stuff like that. I know Resident Evil kind of fell off and and really disjointed in a lot of ways with some of the things that they've put out that uh, didn't hold up well over time. But um, we can't say that for The Last of Us. The Last of Us, you know, with whenever I see someone talking about it, it's always high praise with this series. So so there's that. Uh, and And that's a good thing. That is a good thing, huh? Please catch up on this show. Yeah, I promise I will watch the show that you're gonna give impressions on after. You well, promise okay. On the Last of Us, <laughs> uh, not the pinky swear. Uh, so, so um, so well, you only have to watch one thing for two hours. This is a movie. Yeah. All right. I have so, a wish list on so 
it okay so i've i've really enjoyed luther over the years the dynamics of the characters you know their relationships on screen uh luther being a genius and an unconventional uh detective right in a lot of ways sometimes he does bad to do good and it's a struggle to figure out how that's going to play out in the series right or even the movie so i did expect to see you know um him struggling between good or bad and what you're going to allow even with the first season first episode of the actual series there's a a scene that he's trying to decide if he's going to do a good or bad thing and i think that scene was a a pivotal moment that kind of like traveled through the rest of the actual series right but um five seasons aside then you have this movie luther fallen son and it is really good it is what you would expect if you've ever watched any Luther, you know, it is him trying to decide, you know, to do good or bad things. It is him, you know, asking for favors and getting out of tough spots. And you're wondering how did he do that? It's uh, his incredible framework and genius on how to solve uh, mysteries and, and cases. And whether you like him or not, as a detective, you kind of always need his help. So that's the framework, right? And he always um, he always comes out to have information ahead of the individuals that are supposed to have it. You know, like it would be him versus the entire, you know, detective team. And he'll have information just because just the way he thinks about things. And I think that's what makes the show so amazing. Uh, The other thing I want to add there, uh, which I'm not really giving anything on on the show itself, other than the framework of all the, the content that's available for Luther is there is this um, sadism um, that perme- uh, permeates through really all of Luther, including the movie, right? Where there's a lot of people who enjoy watching other people in pain, right? From the seasons themselves to the movie itself. So, and that's not really giving anything away. So I've enjoyed it. Uh, I love Luther, the series. I don't know if they have books. I would even consider the books if they had them, but I've never checked if they do have books. But but the writing is really good. Storytelling is really good. Actors are amazing. And um, yeah, I don't think you'd be disappointed. No, I love the series. So I am looking forward to this. Um, I'm probably got to double check because um, I'm going to be out of service a week. So I'm going to download it. <laughs> Um, on Netflix and so I can watch it as um as I'm awake. I'm not gonna have service. So it's it's I that's the only reason why I haven't watched it yet. I need yeah. stuff to watch while like without no, service you, for like two weeks. You'll be good. You'll be good. You you won't be disappointed. Um that, yeah, that that's all I'll say. I don't wanna give anything away because I think it's incredibly done. It's it's a movie that you would wanna see. You know, if it was something like, you know, to the movie theaters, I would watch at the movie theaters. I'm definitely planning to watch Mario at the movie theaters. I think that's going to be dope. So I'm planning for that because that looks really, really good too. Right. So, so yeah, so there's a lot of good things. You have a question. So if you haven't watched series, could you watch this movie standalone and understand? If you haven't watched the TV series, can you watch this standalone? I, I think you can. I think you can. Because they give you the history of the relationships and some of the conversations. So, you know, why is he the way, you know, he is? So, for example, if there were like a conversation happening that says, well, did you expect anything from from him other than that? Right. So, like, they'll say things like that to, you know, highlight that there's there's a, a history there. Or if someone retired and, you know, he had a friend that wanted that he wanted to call a favor for, he'd be like, well, I know I've asked for many things in the past, but I think this is going to be the last one. But you said this the last five times though. Right. So they give you like conversations like that to give you the breadth of the different relationships he's had with either his colleagues, you know, as a copper, if you want to say that, and even the individuals who you know, are kind of like every time they hear his name, they kind of get disgusted. So so you you feel that while you're watching uh, the movie. And I, and I think that's good. 
Um, but it always, um, no, I can't say that because that's gonna, that's gonna give the storyline. It, it's, it's always good to watch the dynamics. I'll say that. I think that's safe for those who are planning to watch it. Okay. Cause I, I'm just, I want to put that out there just in case anybody is like, oh, do I have to watch five seasons before I can watch this movie? The same nah. thing when it comes to video games. Do I have to play all the previous personas before I play five. No, no, I don't. I don't think so. I, I think you'd be fine. Um, definitely entertained. I don't like getting like disturbed when I'm watching Luther at all. <laughs> so because it's it's the psychology oh, of it. It's the psychology of it. There's so much like psychology and like if someone if you yawn and a person like doesn't yawn, the, you know, there's a psychological thing surrounding that. Right. And you get to see different bits and pieces of psychology at work within the writing as you're watching the show, right? The the series or the movie, right? And I think that's uh pretty powerful. And you know, if you love psychology, then you know you you'll you'll fit right in. So I can go on hours about this. By the time I come back, I will have my opinion. Yeah, I can go I hours. Trust I trust yours because I really <laughs> did like the series, but I'm kind of debating if I want to download all of those. It's so good. It is so good. Yeah, I can I can go hours about about Luther, and I'm looking for something very similar. I think that um, Tyrant was interesting, right? That show uh, was was really dope. Uh, I haven't seen anything like like Tyrant ever since. Um, Luther is so the the visceral psychological thriller. You know, trying to put the pieces together as you're watching it. Those are my shows. I, I like cerebral shows which is why it's tough to watch certain movies where you kind of already know the plot, you know, guy meets girl, guy likes girl, girl doesn't like guy in the beginning, but girl ends up liking guy towards the end, you know, then there's a tension that happens. And then our guy is trying to figure out if he'll ever see the girl again. Then somehow through um, unforeseen circumstances, they find each other on the opposite side of the road. And, you know, you know, like typical stuff, right? Like I get bored really quickly, you know, so I need shows that challenge my, um, I guess the way I think about things. So no, I get it. Sometimes you just want a thinker. Yeah. Not, not something you throw on and watch the pretty pictures. And- yeah, for sure. So I, I think, I think you're going to love it. I think you're going to love it. So uh, one thing I do want to mention though, before we wrap. So, so this is 638, 639 is actually going to be a conversation that I had with a brand strategist. Um, her name is Amira Bardai, and she's a thought leader, and she's one of Canada's leading experts in brand building and communications. We talked about PR, how content creators, you know, because this was a conversation I wanted to have um, to, you know, for content creators that do their stuff solo or with a small team, get her perspective, her 20 plus years of experience on you know, how we as content creators, influencers should look at, you know, trying to get either on Forbes or or trying to get our PR and messaging out there. So uh, that conversation will come out uh, maybe around the same time as 638. I still have to do some editing on that, but definitely wanted to mention that that is going to be a conversation that's going to happen, um, that's going to be published in the near future because the conversation already happened. So um, Amira Bardai, you can look her up. Her last name is B-A-R-D-A-I. First name is Amira, A-L-M-I-R-A. And she's pretty dope. We had a dope conversation and i uh, looking forward to publishing that really, really soon. So I wanted to mention that. Um, any final thoughts, Daniela? What do you have? What do you got going on? Oh, my. I don't want to say anything. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, we'll keep that under wraps. Yeah, I got a lot. I got a lot going on. Okay. Uh, but I, I'm going to be gone for a couple of weeks, sadly. Um, so I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you too. Absolutely. And yeah, that's kind of it. I got to go and update my Steam Deck. Go download some games. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's kind of it. What do you, what do you got going on? Well, uh, producing these things um, for the podcast. Excited about that. And um, there's a conference that's happening this week. Uh, for for my wife that she's going to be speaking at. So we're prepping around that and what that's going to look like for like media stuff for her. So uh, considering that uh, kind of disappearing for the weekend, we can talk about that offline. So 
uh, going to head out uh, for a little bit, you know, away from from the, the normal scenery, you know, leave the bath cave for a little bit, actually, you know, go outside. So going to be um, getting some fresh air, maybe a little journaling, you know, some some thinking about, you know, the next steps because we're approaching 640, which means that you recorded 300 episodes once we get to uh, 640, which is crazy when you think about it. It is. It's pretty wild. So uh, but how do you feel about that? Like we've recorded 300 episodes together almost. I'm I'm not sure. Like it doesn't feel like 300 episodes have been recorded between us. But you know what? It's like it's amazing how time just kind of flies and things happen. And I I don't know. I don't have words for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. It's all good. It's crazy when I think about it. So much has happened, though. Yeah. 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 That, I, that is for sure. Yeah. So much has happened, but a lot of a lot of great things, which I'm I'm so happy. I'm so happy that you decided to, to hang out with me during these conversations. You know, I'm grateful for you. So it's been a fun ride so far. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's it. Those are some of the things that I have going on. I'm definitely looking forward to putting out um, content, um, you know, our show, you know, I, I love I love the fact that they, they seem shorter, but not. Do you feel that? Like somewhere around like the 38 minute mark, there's like a second when that happens. Maybe it's just me, but I don't know. I don't think I pay attention to the time markers, like where we're at. I We, we just kind of flow with it and where it ends is where it ends. That's, and I, yeah. I like that because it's always like sometimes we're going to we we've had this like we'll dream to yourself, oh, it's going to be a short episode. And then it ends up being like an hour and a half, two hours or we're like, oh, this is going to be long and it ends up being like. 45 minutes so i like the raw conversation i think that's what i i love definitely the most is that we you know we create the little docket this is what we're going to talk about today and all of our thoughts and opinions are pretty pretty much off the top of our heads like as honest as you can be yeah that's a fact that's a fact that's all i got daniela uh where can they find you you can find me on all the socials at miss djm and andrew where can they find you you can find me at uriah u-r-i-y-y-a and thanks for listening take care bye guys